Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome, everyone, to Project Management Office Hours, the number one live project management radio show in the U.S., broadcasting to you today from the Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, PMO Joe, and for the next hour, we'll be talking project management with our special guests. I also want to say thank you to our sponsor, the PMO Squad. The PMO Squad is the premier provider of PMO services across the United States, including the purpose-driven PMO and PMO as a service. To learn more, go out and visit www.thepmosquad.com and see all that they have to offer. Just want to mention a couple of points before we get to our guest today. First is the PMO Trends Conference. Uh, That is upcoming December 16th through the 20th. It's the world's largest free online conference for project management offices. They have 150 or so presenters from over 50 countries across the globe. Uh, And great to see that actually there's been several former guests from this show that are presenting at that conference. I'll be presenting and actually one of our guests today will be presenting at that conference. So register for free. Uh, Go out to pmotrends.com, register and see all the great speakers and content that we'll have available starting December 16th. And a reminder Uh, International Project Management Day was November 7th, and the International Institute for Learning hosted an online conference that's running through February 9th. All of that great content is available out there as well. Uh, And due to the special relationship and partnership that VPMMA has with IIL, we're able to offer that conference free to veterans, service members, and military spouses using promo code VPMMA. So head out over to IIL.com. Check out all of that content. It's up to 26 PDUs uh, that you can capture to keep those certifications going. So with that, I am excited to introduce our guest today. So thankful to have Stacy Salier and Lisa Levy joining me. Stacy, if you could take a moment, say hello to the listeners and introduce yourself. All right. Thank you, Joe, so much. I am an avid listener and fan of the show, so I'm really thrilled to be joining you and Lisa today. Um, my education background is in business and project management. Uh, quick shout out to the University of Texas at Dallas Project Management MBA. It's a fantastic program. I encourage your listeners to check it out. On the career side, I have successfully managed uh, large global programs, multi-million dollar mission critical business projects, and I've established and led enterprise PMOs for small, mid-size, and Fortune 200 companies. I really love working with organizations that are experiencing high growth and that have a need for focused execution through projects. I'm a big advocate for the impact a strong project management culture can have on an organization. So I really appreciate the work that you're doing, you know, through this podcast to engage the community of PMO leaders. It really is a unique field. And I think sharing in in forums like this and the PMO Alliance and others really helps us all be at the top of our game. So again, thank you for having me. Well, glad to have you. And obviously we're going to 
dig into a lot of the connections we have, but that PMO Trends Conference, we're both actually uh, presenting on day four. And I think we're back to back. I just looked at the schedule this morning. So uh, All right. for those who go out there, you can get a double dose of Stacy and I, uh, I think it's December 19th. That's great. And Lisa, so glad to have you in studio with me here. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you could take a moment to say hello to everybody and introduce yourself. Absolutely, Joe. Thank you for inviting me. My name is Lisa Levy, and over the past 10 years, I've built a consulting practice called L-Cubed based on the foundation that I had working and running projects in large enterprises in the Phoenix market. Project management is a cornerstone to our framework and our model. All businesses need to be able to organize their work into projects so that they can track and understand what they're doing. The real value is, I believe, in layering in some other disciplines on top of that and having strong business processes and having controls and metrics in place. And then building out the people side of the equation through organizational change management. And when we use all of these frameworks together, small, medium, and large organizations position themselves to be able to grow and scale with time. Yeah, I love it. And, I, and I'm and i with you, right? It's the it's not just project management that solves problems. It's the right. collective, right? Uh, change management, risk management, project management, so many more layered together. Absolutely. So thank you for being here with us. And hey, let's jump in and talk project management. Uh, first, we'll jump over to Stacy and say, I, I had the pleasure earlier this year for being a judge in the Global PMO Awards. And uh, it, it was amazing to have, I don't know, 150, 200 different countries across the world submit a PMO that the judges then evaluated, kind of like a March Madness format. And we narrowed it down to the final four PMOs. And eventually we awarded the PMO of the year. The representative for the U.S. was Stacy's PMO. How exciting is that? So, Stacey, how does it feel to be like an Olympian, right? You're like, you represented America. It was a really great experience. It was truly an honor and a really great opportunity to be a part of the program. Um, we we got so much out of it. I mean, not just the, um, the feedback and... Um, learning from the selection criteria and the process of going, you know, through um, through the process of the global awards, but also just, you know, internally what we pulled together, telling the story of what we were doing and the work that we were achieving, um, and having other leaders inside of our organization support us and and be a part of that effort. Um, it was really, really rewarding. Stacy, what's the one piece of that story that for you stands out that made that makes your PMO so amazing? Well, we were able to, in the first year of uh, standing up a PMO, we were able to um, successfully recover um, some processes that, that weren't working, um, you know, on firing on all cylinders, I guess, and were able to double the number of um, centers that we open. Part of our services in the PMO is is opening new women's health um, centers. So we were able to uh, double the number of centers we opened the first year and then double that number again um, in year two. Uh, so I think that was kind of the center point of, um, of our story in the PMO and also getting our arms around strategic projects. There were um, when we first came in and did an inventory of all the work that was going on around the organization, we found there were about a, over 100 
different projects going on within the org. And we worked with, you know, across the organization to really refine that. We got it down to a key 20 projects. And then we really focused on five. And, and my ideal is really three. I think you should have, you know, really no more than three key efforts, mission critical, must do's um, that the organization's focused on and kind of that bullseye of what do we really, really need to accomplish through project management in the org and then kind of, you know, expand the rings out from there. So um, those two things were, were kind of the, the foundation of our story for for the Global Award submissions. And what's the, the way they do that judging is the, the judges can't rate their home country PMO unless they make it to the final four. So I, I right. never got to see your submission. So that's, <laughs> I feel like I missed out on what we had to offer. Uh, it was a cool process, though. I mean, we had to put a what you do to submit is a you know we went you're selected and asked to um, to you know put yourself in um, as the 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 nominee from the country is you do a a whole video presentation. It's about an hour long, and there are you know lots of different criteria that um, they'd like for you to cover. You know the length of your PMO and um, you know where you fit in the organization, and they're really looking for you know, those, the best practices and what do we think, you know, as a collective body of PMO leaders on the judging side, you know, what did you guys, and Joe, I know you could probably tell more about it, but, you know, what what is collectively as leaders do we think, you know, a successful PMO looks and feels like so we can, again, go share that knowledge and, and information and spread it throughout the community. Yeah, and c- congratulations to the winner, Brodesco from Brazil. Yes. Uh, congratulations to them. They beat teams from Africa, Asia, Pacific, and Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. They were representing the Americas. It was an interesting job to be a judge because of the differences between countries and the different types of PMOs. So there were some PMOs that were public organizations from government agencies versus newer PMOs within an emerging country in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, versus established PMOs from countries like Brazil or the U.S. And to try to equate them and judge them was was a really interesting proposition. So in that process, what were the themes that sort of stood out that regardless of the country of origin, but the fundamentals of project management that really were the things that became the showcase items? For me, it was the growth, right? It wasn't the point in time of where you are today, but it was the journey of where you established yourself to what you've become. And along that way, how did you incorporate the people involved, the processes they were working on, technology solutions to bring all of that together, interaction with internal and external customers. And seeing that journey, the the companies or the PMOs that could tell that journey, that story the best, stood out to me. So that was, to me, it was exciting, right? I had never done something like that before, and I look forward to doing it again next year. Everything is becoming global. I I love that. I'm sorry, Stacey. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Well, you know, as as I talk about what I did on the judging, I think about, Lisa, a little bit about your company, right, and how you're helping organizations improve, right? And what would be the factors, like the multi-layered approach, I think you described at your intro, How does that work into what you offer companies? The layering of best practices is critical for organizations and businesses to be able to grow and scale. Having the first understanding that 
we can't do everything all at once and taking on the maturity of organizing a PMO or project-centric work to create a portfolio so that we really know those top three that Stacy was referring to, that they're out there and why we're doing that work. That layers in the idea of making sure that we have processes that are repeatable so that you know, goals and objectives are achieved. But the organizational change management portion of it is really where we get to people and making sure that we understand the very simple what's in it for me perspective. And as employees understand what's going on and why the three priority items are the three priority items, it helps us get to efficiency and effectiveness. And I think at the end of the day, that's what every business wants to do. And once they are aligned with their projects and their processes and their people, being able to grow and scale, bring new products and new services to market becomes so so much more achievable and ultimately more profitable for the company. Yeah, and I know that's uh, every company is looking for profitability, right? It's the magic word. So <laughs> if if we think about Lisa, uh, Stacy, rather, what Lisa was just saying and put it into the PMO context, right? Now having run a PMO, because we support the other components of the business. We're not a standalone function. We're really a support function. How does right. how does that fit into your experience leading a PMO as well? Oh, I think it it's totally aligned with um, wh- with where I think things have evolved. Right in the PMOs, fifteen years ago, um, may have had a lot different a lot of different scope than they do now. I mean, you really are cross functional. I think that's where we deliver a, a tremendous amount of value is when we are reaching across all parts of the organization. Um, to make sure that those the big mission critical things are are getting done, and we're engaging you know all those different groups. I think one of the one of the challenges that I I see right now in um, in PMOs is where you've seen one PMO, you've seen one PMO. Um, there's kind of not a common standard or an understanding of um, what a PMO is, or what they do, or what they don't do, and it, it does differ from organization to organization. So. You know, you can have people with their past experience that come into an organization and, you know, they may have different expectations. So that constant communication and managing expectations and, and setting the understanding of, of, again, what value the PMO brings and what they deliver and what's outside of their scope is, is critically important. And Stacy, over the last 15 years, I think you, we've both seen the change. PMO started out as an IT function. Mm-hmm. And over time, leaders are starting to understand the impact of using a PMO as a strategic enablement tool for the business. With the work that you're doing now, do you align strategically with your PMO? Yes, yes, we do. Strategic projects um, is our focus. Strategic execution is, is what we are there to do. But I think there's also, you know, there there has been the line has really started to blur around, you know, being an IT independent organization. I think that, you know, there are tools and methodologies and frameworks that I think work great um, inside of an IT organization. But those walls are really coming down. It's 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 nearly impossible, um, or I would say maybe it's entirely impossible to separate um, technology or IT from the business now. Right. Technology is an enabling tool, just like project management. Yeah. It's all about driving business results. 
Well, Lisa, what I'm wondering is you mentioned the way uh, what you or how you do it. What does an engagement look like typically when you go in and help a company, right? Because they're acknowledging they have a challenge and they want someone to come in and help them. What does that look like for them? So the engagement model is about aligning people, process, and technology. And the engagement starts with looking at do we have, does the organization have the right people in the right roles with the right skills? And we would map that to a capability model to allow us to look at growth opportunities, training opportunities to get people the skill set that they need to be successful in their roles. Uh, Then we look across the organization and their business processes and how they're aligned and measure them against industry standard benchmarks. Again, identifying opportunities for gap analysis that we can help them fill in. Once we understand how their processes work, we look at the technology that they use to see if they are using it to its fullest capability or if they have needs for new technology to help drive the efficiencies and effectiveness that they're looking for. And so there are multiple levels and multiple engagement points, but we're always trying to tie getting the right people in the right roles with the skills to drive an effective process and use technology as an enablement tool to let them grow and scale. And is that generally within a specific industry or do you cut across industries? We have found that this is a business need, not an industry-specific need. So we are industry agnostic as well as we're technology agnostic. We're not selling the idea of a technology solution, just ensuring that when they have needs and requirements that they're well-defined so that they can utilize the right technology to its fullest capability. Yeah. I love that. And and Stacy, if you're thinking into time where I've run PMOs or consult with clients, right, it's the PMO takes on a similar role for every project we do, right? Because each yeah. project has to go kind of what Lisa just talked about. That's true. That's true. And I love, Lisa, your approach. I think it sounded like it's it's process people. The technology is not the driver. It's you, you've got to get the framework together and then decide what technology does to enable that. Absolutely. And and the alignment of people process then technology stems from the experience growing up in my career in the 90s when technology was always the shiny object solution that was sold to businesses. And then project implementations were rocky and challenging because the people and the process weren't aligned necessarily to use the technology effectively. Mm-hmm. And people were always frustrated with those those implementations, you know, sometimes feeling like, you know, they had no say in what was being done in their organization and they just had to use this new thing. And if we really make sure that we have people process and then the technology, the adoption rate to change is so much higher and the success rate of projects are so much higher that it really just those pieces have to go together and there's a sequence and technology is the last step, not the first. You know, I love the the logical progression, right? And mm-hmm. it makes it easy for organizations to follow and understand and implement. For me, it's relatable, mm-hmm. right? It, it, you don't have to sell the concepts, right? A lot of consultant work going in is selling the concept you're trying to do, whereas mm-hmm. you're really just trying to improve their business as it operates today. Absolutely. It is a, it's not about telling them how something should be done. It's about looking at each individual environment and finding those opportunities for gains. And most 
business leaders understand that somewhere in their organization they have that opportunity for growth and improvement and, you know, basic concept. Those things that don't change are usually the things that die. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's fundamental and it, it's meaningful. Uh, starting with the people is important because without our employees, businesses don't function. So we need to take them on the journey and begin that journey with them actively involved. So bringing this back to Stacy and the global PMO awards, Radius, we're talking through uh, ways to improve what you're working on and, and uh, that concept into the PMO awards. What is your advice for companies who want to submit an entry for the 2020 awards? Right. You've been through it. So now you have this uh, using Lisa's mentality, right? You understand what they were, the people, the process and technology of that. Hey, I want to win it next year for the U.S., right? <laughs> what What is your advice as someone who's been through it to uh, that, entries? Yeah, that is a great question. And I, I'm not sure if the the um, approach will be the same this year. I believe last year there was a, you, you needed to be you know, nominated um, and and then selected from there. But to get, you know, to get yourself into the process, I think you, the way that you framed it is perfect. It's telling the story of what is the difference that your PMO or by having a PMO, how has your organization benefited? What has really been the change or the impact that you've made through project management or through a PMO in your organization? And I think if you can tell, you know, beginning, middle and, you know, and in for, for now, um, and where you are in in your PML, I think that'll give you a good, uh, you know, really give you a leg up. I know that the um, that America, who is the um, the chair of the Global Alliance, is also looking at um, having a country mentor um, potentially concept next year. So, so when the time comes around, um, and there will be a representative um, from the U.S. and it will probably be. Um, it will be me or someone, you know, in, on the USA side to do that, to go along with those companies on that journey and, and, and help them along the way. So I'm excited about that too. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Let me switch gears completely. Different topic here, something that's very near and dear to my heart. I had mentioned at the beginning of the show here as well as VPMMA the Veterans Project Manager Mentoring Alliance, which I'm co-founder with, uh, along with Eric Wright, uh, his company Vets to PM and my company, the PMO Squad, worked together to get this proof of concept going. And now we're a full-fledged nonprofit organization. And Stacy, you're Hooray. a member of our board of directors. Uh, so one, thank you for doing that. But two, what does it mean to you to be on the board for this organization and uh, be a part of VPMMA. It is such a privilege and an honor um, to be part of the organization. It really, I mean, there's there's three things that are kind of core values and, and you know, things that I believe really strongly in that all come together in VPMMA. I mean, we've got project management as a career. I believe that you can make a career out of uh, out of project management. I think there's a a great number of pathways that people can take um, staying in project management their entire career. I think mentoring as investing in someone else's future um, is uh, I strongly believe in. And then, you know, giving back to our military service members and their family. So uh, VPMMA brings all three of those things together in one organization. And after hearing 
the stories that you know you and Eric right have shared about the feedback from both the mentors and the mentees, I knew this was something I wanted to support and be part of. I mean, we have mentors who have come back cycle after cycle um, to mentor. And I think that's a huge endorsement also of the benefit on both sides of the program. I mean, we've got hundreds of matches at this point. And I just, I really love being able to help make these connections and supporting our, you know, our other volunteers and other board members who believe this effort really can change the trajectory of those service members and veterans and spouses that are looking to make that transition uh, to civilian project management. There's, for the members and the mentee side, both, I mean, the bones are, on, on the mentee side especially, the bones are there. You know, the mentoring side helps make that connection to a career, leveraging the foundation that's already been laid with the military experience, um, you know, on the mentee side. So it's just, you know, what you guys have done and, and put together, I really do think is making a, making an impact and I'm just really proud to be part of it. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for being a part of it and participating. And as you said, it's, uh, it's really become a program that focuses on the mentors and mentees and the benefits that they can get out of it to advance the career we're so happy to have been able to influence so many lives today, but we feel as if we're still really just scratching the surface and there's so many more lives we can impact. Yes. So it's uh, thank you for being on the journey with us and uh, look forward to how we're going to continue to scale and grow and support more veterans as, as we continue to grow. Well, thank you. I mean, and we're always looking for, so for, I mean, for your listeners, especially, you know, on the mentor side, um, you know, if you're you're not sure, you know, I don't know if I'm quite right for being a mentor, reach out to us, you know, go to the vpmma.org and we can talk to you more about what is the experience really like. Um, and, and, you know, we would love to talk more with you about it. And also we're always looking for sponsors and donors to support the program. You know, there are costs involved with any of these things of platforms that we need to support making these matches and keeping those connections going. So um, I'd encourage any of your listeners that may want to participate in VPMMA from that direction, you know, please get in contact with us as well. We'd love to to have your participation. I'm a number. I know, Lisa, I know you have, like, you, you kind of are in that uncovering hidden skill sets mindset too in different ways, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as, as I was listening I'm a number of years away from actually hiring resources. That's, you know, when I was building PMOs, that's more than a decade ago. Thinking back on it, I always appreciated when candidates had military service. The discipline of project management and that skill set of of planning, executing, and, and closing aligns with a lot of their experiences in the military the transition into civilian life and into a role of project manager, I think is a very powerful one. And I love the idea that the organization that you're building has the mentor-mentee relationship. And we'll talk more about it later off the air, Joe. Yeah, that would be awesome. And and for those who want to wear, uh, I'm sitting here in studio with one of our VPMMA hats, 
Uh, I was going to wear my shirt today, but I uh, chose not to because it's raining in Phoenix. I didn't want to get a shirt wet. You know, funny to say that in Phoenix, <laughs> uh, but it never rains here. Um, but you can go out to the website again. It's www.thevpmma.org. Um, and we have a, a spot out there where you can go buy shirts and hats and mugs and stuff like that uh, or make a donation. And at the same time, you can sign up to be a mentor. Or uh, if you're a veteran, military spouse, or service member, active duty, you can sign up and get mentoring from one of our mentors. We're over 34 states across the U.S. We've represented so far six countries across the globe. We had one service member who was on active assignment in the Middle East, couldn't really tell us where he was stationed, but during his downtime would call back to the states and get his mentoring in. Um, So we're really flexible. Uh, Stacy said, if you're not sure if it's a good fit, just reach out to us and we'll help you make that decision or not. So thanks for uh, everything you're doing, Stacy, and, and really thank you to the mentors uh, for volunteering their time. Uh, Stacy mentioned the donations. We're 100% volunteer. None of the funds that we raise go to anybody involved in it. It's 100% to raise uh, support for the programs we offer. So uh, please go out if you're able to make a donation. I sound like the Jerry Lewis telethon, uh, <laughs> but if uh, no donation is too small. So anything that you're able to contribute is greatly appreciated. And we do have great, I mean, we reviewing, you know, making matches and, you know, this is a, a very hands-on thing. So we do try to to match mentors and mentees that we think are going to be a good fit with each other. So there's really a lot of a lot of thought and, you know, cultivation that goes into making these matches. And, and again, I have just heard so much great feedback, um, from, from both sides of the participation. I, it, it, I just strongly, strongly encourage, you know, everyone to, to give it a shot. Lisa, obviously uh, what I love about doing these shows is we get to know people personally, and it's not just a conversation, uh, with professionals in our industry. And, and you do work outside of your company as well, right? You're on an advisory council where you're supporting organizations. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. I sit on the NAU College of Business Advisory Council, and it is an opportunity to help inform curriculum. It is very much from an information systems perspective, but what drew me to that organization and and giving time back, obviously, I am a lumberjack and a graduate of NAU, but it's the opportunity to work with the students, and each board session includes time working with the student on their resume, career prep, and just starting to help them think beyond being a student. And it's it's a tough time to be a student, and approach graduation and, you know, look for a job. The market is strong and there are lots of people in jobs and a recent college grad is a, is a scary time in life. And so it helps them work with them to build their LinkedIn profiles and make sure that they have resumes that are career ready, go through mock interviews, panel interviews, and give them the experience and the opportunity to really start to understand who they want to be and how to communicate that. So I've done that for five or more years now, and it's amazing to watch that that journey from being student to becoming professional. And, and for those not local to Phoenix, NAU is Northern Arizona University. In Flagstaff, Arizona. And you're not an actual lumberjack. Uh, you're, you're, <laughs> that's the, uh, the... The mascot. Yes. Yes. 
Although on days like today, I'd be happy in a big flannel shirt and uh, it's cold and rainy in Phoenix. But yes, not a literal lumberjack. Right. And it's a great, you know, everybody has a picture of what Arizona is, uh, just one big giant desert. But up in Flagstaff where NAU is located, it is really a beautiful campus uh, caught in the middle of pine forests. Uh, that presents a great view over the valley and up to Sedona. I mean, it's right in the middle. It, it is absolutely beautiful. And my my stepdaughter is a student up there right now. And yesterday with the storm front, they had their first snow start. So it's picturesque and, well, I think literally freezing. Yeah. Well, they can keep that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, having been from upstate New York originally, I don't miss those days. All right. Well, back to project management. Good segue there to be able to get in and talk a little bit about our personal um, endeavors and what we're doing to support our community. And great to know that project management leaders aren't just focused on what we're doing ourselves, but what we can do to support the communities, both professionally and in our alumni that we work within as well. So thank you both of you for that service that you're providing. So, Stacey, again, back to PMOs, uh, we touched on a little bit the, the discussion of enterprise PMOs versus IT PMOs. What are your thoughts on this, the kind of the movement towards more an enterprise model and away from just a functional model within a department? Well, I think um, it always depends on what does the organization need. Um, and that's why I think we're seeing some of that evolution um, and, and lifting the, the PMO up to more of a strategic execution and enterprise level um, is because, again, everything is so interconnected now. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think there, for me, it's, um, I've always had the mindset that uh, a PMO is akin to an internal consulting entity. So consulting group, but within the four walls of the organization. Um, and with that mindset, I think it sets the right mission for the PMO to always be looking ahead at where the organization's going and aligning the PMO to that business need. Um, I know that's a, one of the fundamentals of your um, PMO squad and purpose-driven PMO as well. Um, so, so the PMO may look different, very different in year five than it did in year two. Um, so I think it's, it's just important to evaluate for PMO to leaders to evaluate with leadership and you know, like what services do we need to be providing and what's on the menu coming up. And I think you have to be open to the fact in that role that at some stages of an organization cycle, there may even be a need, you know, to not have the, the, PMO as it's structured today. I mean, I can't think of a situation where you wouldn't need the processes. Um, you guys may challenge me on that, but I don't know that you wouldn't need the processes, but you just may not need the same dedicated PMO um, support um, to run those processes at different stages of the organization. Um, that's separate, though, that from project managers and project management. I'm talking pure PMO function. Um, so it may look different and that, that can be a hard thing to do. Um, but I think our jobs require it. And, uh, if you're taking an internal consulting approach, you know, you'll really be primed for those conversations. And I think another good benefit of taking that internal consulting approach is that you can use the PMO as a launching pad for high potential talent in the organization. I've led many um, folks or I've had a lot of folks on my team that had advanced into leadership roles in other functional areas in the org. 
Uh, and so an example in my current role, we have a 20% rate of inner org promotion. So these folks start out as project managers in, under the PMO and then move into leadership positions. I've had them go to IT, to finance. So um, it's a great, I think, launching pad for careers as well. If it, you know, a pure project management career path can be um, the way to go, or you could, you know, wind up going through the PMO or through project management to other parts of the organization. And those folks take with them a broader understanding of the organization because they have worked on these big projects. So I think it's a win-win for everyone there. So, so I think those are a couple of benefits for, you know, moving to an enterprise and a strategic mindset within um, the, you know, the PMOs and organizations. You you got to be cross-functional and look at yourself as uh, an internal consulting arm. I love the internal consulting approach to the idea of a PMO, especially as we start to talk at that enterprise level. The skills and experiences that members of a PMO team can have can build them into leadership roles in technology, certainly, but also you know, from a finance perspective from a pure operations perspective, working across all of the functions and understanding the details of how the business runs opens up such great opportunity. And a PMO is never really advertised as a skill incubator, but think about all of the different things that affect project management. There's the core discipline, but all of the knowledge areas around it and working with finance, with people, understanding HR processes, an enterprise PMO is a leadership incubator and it's a strategic advantage that I don't think we talk about very often, but I know Stacy, in your career, you've met, you know, you have seen people that you've trained and watched them grow into great, you know, opportunities. Um, one of the first PMOs that I started in 2003, one of my original hires is now the leader of that PMO and watching you know a, a journey of her experience is just so amazing to me to see just how many different perspectives of business we learn through the discipline of being project managers and so the strength of an enterprise pmo for building future leaders i think is untapped and something in industry we haven't spent a lot of time really thinking about how to use that as that growth opportunity and building the, the people from a coordinator type role where they know nothing and just teaching them the discipline and letting it touch all of the different areas around business, um, I think it's very powerful. Well, yeah, and if we think about it, right, all the projects we work on are strategic decisions that organizations have made to do something differently than they were doing before. Hopefully. Yeah. So if you're, <laughs> if you're the project manager running that, you're at the the tip of the spear of something new that the organization's going to do. And you know, you have the inside track, right? Because you're working uh -huh. with sponsors, you're working with the subject matter experts, you're working with your project team and vendors to be able to do that. Nobody else in the organization gets that access. Exactly. Yeah. We're the only people that have that. It's incredibly powerful. And, you know, if we think about a program that may run and span multiple years, but as it transitions into operational normal, who is best qualified to probably lead that business process going forward other than the project or program managers who are involved in it? Yeah. And, and then as we think about um, 
outside of the individual project, right? We're working with a portfolio of projects, which, you know, Lisa, what's, you know, how does that come into play, right? The, the, being within a PMO or, or even if it's not even structured, right? But just knowing that you have to go through prioritizing and, and all the items there. Well, you know, it's so amazing, right? The portfolio, you know, you, you said the word I smile because, right, the portfolio is real whether we acknowledge it or not. Um, so understanding the portfolio is where we find our you know, effectiveness and efficiency because when we formalize a portfolio and we know the top three things that are underway strategically, there are also 20 million potential other department level initiatives that are happening at the same time. So that portfolio is always more complex than we may give it credit for. And, you know, hats off to the really well-structured PMOs with the portfolios that understand the department-level implications as well. But that work, right, understanding what's driving the organization, that's where the people side of it comes in. And that's where we start to lose people through change fatigue Mm -hmm. and the idea of, I'm doing 20 things simultaneously. How can you possibly expect me to do one more? As we mature our enterprise PMOs and really manage from a portfolio perspective, we can understand all of those different implications. And Stacey, I don't know with the PMO that you're leading now, do you have visibility across you know what you're managing at the enterprise level down into the individual departments? I do. And that is, and that's one of the, the criteria that when we're going through selection process, we always look at what are you know, is this the right thing to do? Is it the right time to do it? Do we have the money to do it? But also getting into constraints and, you know, constraints that one of the key things we look at is constraint and constraints is the, uh, uh, do we have the capacity to absorb this now? Can we absorb both of these huge efforts? Are we going to have to pick one and, and, you know, get that one done because they're all affecting the same group of people at the same time. So that's definitely something that you, you have to consider. Um, I do love that we're, that all of, you know, there's so much conversation in project management now about all those human factors. So the change management, the EQ pieces, um, I have, I have so much content in my backlog now of things to read articles and book, but it's just, it's, it's a great time. And I love it because you're so right. If we don't get those pieces right, you know, we can get, check all the boxes, but, um, you know, it's, it's actual implementation of the change and, and it's always the people, um, at the end of it that are, and at that the completion the of a key to success. Yeah. Yeah. At the completion of a project, right. The people, the employees are the ones who have to continue forward doing the new thing. Mm-hmm. And when they are well cared for in that journey, it's easier to build that adoption and the sustainability so that, what was once new is now normal and we can look for the next new thing to keep business moving and growing. Exactly. That's ex- actually, um, so, so Joe mentioned the PMO trends conference, um, in December. And so the topic that I'm going to be covering is, is right along that same line. It's about what, what, I'm labeling project success scorecards. And we, we discovered this magic trick a couple of years ago and, you know, we had our, um, our acceptance criteria and we had our change management, um, program, you know, we had all the elements, um, to, especially when they're 
are projects where there's like a go live involved, you know, and there's a change that happens kind of, and there's a day one um, element to a project where users are going to be affected. And uh, so, so my, my talk is about these project success scorecards and um, it's a very simple process, but it really is about engaging the folks that are going to be impacted by the change in a different way. It's having a conversation with them early on about what is what is a successful day one look like and feel like to you. So it moves from did the technology or did the the thing that we're doing did the process you know check all the boxes and 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 incorporating that how did people feel about it. Um, so anyway, I, I, I'm looking forward to, to giving that presentation and, you know, I hope that, that folks that are listening, if you join that and, um, I would love for you to, to connect with you and hear your feedback on that and have a conversation, um, around the scorecards. They really have been a, uh, a really big change for us and have, has made our projects way more successful just from a adoption and, um, you know, user acceptance perspective. Yeah, I know. I'm definitely looking forward to that, right? Because the beauty of this show for me personally has been I get to learn from all the guests who've come on um, and all the books that folks have written and uh, articles they've written or blogs that they're posting or consulting experiences they've had. So I encourage all the listeners to take the time, to make the time to go out to conferences like IIL's IPM Day Conference or the PMO Trends Conference or projectmanagement.com and listen to webinars out there. Because if we think we know what we know within the bubble that we live within, we're going to find out that we really only know a fraction of what's out there. And life is a learning journey. And if we want to continue to grow, we have to be open to those things. You know, I I only know what I know and I don't know what I don't know. And it's important to keep that perspective open. With the scorecard idea, recently I've had an opportunity to speak with a previous client. And when I engaged with them a number of years ago, they were preparing for a large-scale implementation. They were about 90 days out of the technology launch and said, yeah, I don't think our people and process are aligned for this. Can you help? Mm-hmm. 90 days. I said, yeah, I can help, but it's not going to be pretty and it's not really awesome. This is this is not the awesome entry point. But let's see what we can do in terms of aligning people process and getting them ready to now you know, be in that situation of the technology is being presented to them with no voice. And they went live and it wasn't pretty and it wasn't comfortable, but they had documentation to support them so that they could potentially build and grow from that over time. Had an opportunity to come back, right, and and revisit, you know, where are you at? How did that work? What percentage of the work is still being utilized? Well, in a number of years, leadership has turned. There are new people. The process documentation exists and is treated like this golden benchmark that they should be working to achieve. And, it, you know, it was a very difficult conversation with them to say, wait a minute, we have to roll it back. And you have to remember that that was really guerrilla warfare. We were getting it done to get you operational. But it isn't best in class and it isn't a benchmark. It was a point in time so that you could survive. 
And so that long arm of organizational change and understanding what was real adoption and really sustainable and seeing how it falls off when you don't have people focused on caring for that over time is one of those things that really reinforces the importance of organizational change and taking care of the people. Is this is gonna, you know, this will create what I will call a rework loop for that organization to get to a place they thought that they were at, but project implemented, day one happened, after day 30, it was operational and normal, and people stopped thinking about it, and they fell back into the old ways, the comfortable ways. And so that that pairing of implementing projects and sustaining change, I love the power in that equation and how meaningful it can be for a company to not have rework loops. So with that thinking is, because you're kind of forecasting the future, right? A little bit there. Trying. How do you, is it possible to future-proof your business? Well, it is possible to conceptually future-proof your business. Um, And that was a nice tee-up, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Joe is teasing towards my forthcoming book, Future-Proofing Cubed, uh, the definitive guide to increasing productivity, refining process, and bolstering profitability. It all ties back to those same three ideas, right? If you have your people, your process, and your technology well aligned, a business engine can run. And it doesn't matter if it's a small engine or a huge engine. If it's doing the the job is designed, it will perform. And so, yes, um, it is possible to future-proof in so much as it is possible to have an effective and efficient business operating model. Well, you know, this isn't my first show. See, I can tease a topic. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, Stacy, I guess uh, one uh, a question is we're, we're winding up time. We only have about 10 minutes left, which is kind of crazy. But I want to make sure that we get in there and talk about how PMOs have changed, right? I mean, Unfortunately, all of us on this call have some experience under our belt. Uh, We're not new to the industry, and maybe we're closer to the end than we are to the beginning. But with that comes wisdom, right, and experience. So for people who are new to the PMO landscape or, or they're trying to understand, man, it looks like my PMO is changing a little bit, what's the experience and and wisdom you can share with them? Well, I I think it's a great time to be in PMOs um, in in the world, especially, I mean, we're seeing things like, um, you know, again, the elevation and connection to strategy. So moving up in the organization to strategic execution, we're way more focused on the human factors. But I think one of the big drivers and, and, and things that is going to start to differentiate PMOs even more is the, you know, the turning tide of capitalism 2.0, where companies are really looking, and therefore the projects that they execute are looking much more toward the um, environmental, social, and governance, so the ESG factors um, than they ever have before. Um, so I think that also, you know, lends itself to us bringing the the value that because we've PMOs have folk and project managers have have focused on that for for a long time. I mean, it's and if you're a PMI member or 
uh, you have a PMP, this is in our code of ethics, you know, like it, it literally states, we make decisions and take action based on the best interests of society, public safety, and the environment. So, you know, we've been, been doing these things and factoring these things in for, for a long time in our, in our training. And, um, I'm just excited. I think it's a, an exciting time for PMOs to, to start to, help companies enable all those factors. So not just shareholder value, but stakeholder value across, you know, all of the, all of the domains of our projects. So we're ready. Yeah. I love it. And that's, I mean, to talk about the purpose-driven PMO for a moment, right? That's, that's kind of it for Mm -hmm. us is to know that our PMO doesn't exist just to be a function within the company, but we have a purpose of what we're driving towards and as you explain, right, with the ESG components that are factors that are involved, all of those have to be weighed into defining the actual purpose, right? If we're a, a company building heart valves for patients to be able to survive cardiac surgery and I'm doing a project to implement a machine on the manufacturing line, the purpose of that project is to go save the patient's life. It's not to go implement equipment. And that's the mindset of the purpose-driven right. PMO is to drive projects towards the outcomes, not of the project, but of the company as a whole. So I love how you mentioned the facts that you did in there stated to be able to have those leaders understand the impact and importance of PMOs that we play in the world today. And as Sunil Prashara said, our uh, new president of PMI, right, it's a project economy. Everything in this economy is driven by projects, whether or not we acknowledge that, that's the fact. And how are we going to take that understanding and make an impact in the world today? Because as project managers and PMO leaders, we are the people who are driving that. So you started the question with a piece of wisdom. And there are two pieces that both you and Stacey sort of touched on, right? And first is... It's about being customer centric, right? It's not about delivering the technology. It's about saving the life. Who really is that end customer and that context patient? But the wisdom is we are experienced on this call, but we have all had to adapt and thrive in our careers and in our structure of the PMOs. It's a fundamental need for business. What is going to happen in the next five years, I don't know, but I am confident that the discipline of project management, the function of a PMO, is staged and scalable to address those needs over time. And so the wisdom is, if you aren't changing, I'd rather understand the why behind that than embracing the fact that we will change and the discipline and the, you know, the, the paradigm will continue to evolve. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I love it. Well, we are winding up, uh, so I'm going to give each of you an opportunity to say uh, any last items that we didn't get a chance to cover today or way folks can get in touch with you, anything that you have upcoming, really your opportunity to share your last thoughts with the audience. Stacey, we'll start with you. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. I have really enjoyed this talk. Um, again, I'm a listener. I love having this on in the car in the morning going to work. It feels like I'm having a conversation with with my friends when I'm listening. So this has been a true pleasure. Um, I am always interested in you know hearing from others um, in the community, your listeners, and connecting and, again, sharing 
um, information and stories. And, and um, so please reach out. Um, LinkedIn is the best way to connect with me. Um, you spell my name S-T-A-C-E-Y. And the last name is Cellier, C-E-L-L-I-E-R. Um, so I'd love to hear from you and connect. And Joe, thanks again for having me on. And also be sure to go out to the PMO Trends Conference and see uh, your upcoming talk on December 19th. Yes, and yours, back-to-back. Yes. Uh, And Lisa, again, thank you so much for being here with us. And again, an opportunity to share anything with the listeners we didn't get to today or how they can get in touch with you or anything you have upcoming. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. This was a wonderful conversation and meeting Stacy has been great fun. The easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn. It's Lisa L. Levy. Last name is L-E-V as in Victor Y. The company website is lcubedconsulting.com. And yes, L-L-L, the initials named the company. Um, That's where, you know, dubbed by my dad, L-Cubed, as a kid. Thank you for the time and the opportunity to be here. Well, my pleasure to have you. Well, uh, thank you to all our listeners, of course. Uh, We only exist because we have an audience, and I'm so grateful that all of you tune in and listen to the shows live as well as the podcast. Our next show is going to be Thursday, December 5th. And a reminder, again, as I mentioned, they are recorded. So please subscribe to Project Management Office Hours on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, or whatever your podcast platform of choice is. Don't be bashful. Leave a review, whether it's good or bad. Uh, Provide a rating. We always like to hear from you with your ideas and topics of how we can keep improving the show. Of course, thank you to our sponsors, the PMO Squad. Once again, they're the home of the Purpose Driven PMO and also PMO as a service. Uh, Visit their site, www.thepmosquad.com, to learn more about what they have to offer. So that is it for now. Office hours are now closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. (laughs) 